Welcome to Bring Back the Poetry. This is Jason Tomlinson. Here we are with Kevin Lawson on part two of the Cedar Stone podcast. Hey, Kevin. Hey, Jason. How you doing today, buddy? Doing really good. Um, Kevin, if you could take us back to uh, 1990, 1991, about the time you were graduating college and you knew at some point that you were going to come to one of three cities Take us back to that time and just walk us to your move to Nashville to do, uh, to do what you did. You bet. Yeah, you know, it, if I can spin back just a piece further, I knew that uh, I was deciding between being an art major and a music major. Uh, loved both creative fields. And uh, at some point when I was praying, I, I realized that music was the way I was supposed to go. And after a five-year study at Pepperdine um, in music theory composition, I was. It was about my fourth year in that I was at a, a concert where the where the musician uh, that, that I'd gone to see was Michael W. Smith, and um, he was introducing his band members, and they were all from uh, all from Nashville. And at that time, I knew that if I was going to move into the music industry, which I I knew that's what I was being called to do, I'd either be in L.A., New York, or Nashville. That's all at that point. Those those were the only places where there was a music scene. And it was that night that I realized, yeah, that's I'm supposed to be in Nashville, and. Um, in, in some ways, in fact, I almost felt more called to the region than I did to the music. Uh, I, I felt like that's a place I was supposed to go. And, and for me, uh, even when I read in Scripture, you know, I, I've, I look back through and I see so many times that you know, men were called uh, to regions. They were called to places. You know, go, go to this land, go, go to Ur, go to, <laughs> go to different places. And, I've, and I felt called to this region and and uh, and feel like this is where I'm supposed to spend uh, many decades, and uh, been here now for two and a half decades. And we are so happy that you are. When you got here in 1991, about how many people did you know in town? Two, two people two. in town. I knew John and Sam. They I... didn't know each other. <laughs> <laughs> so you had John and Sam, and um, you had already started uh, Lawson Studios. You started that. Yeah, in college. In, in actually. college. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, towards the end of my, uh, towards the end of my one of my senior years, I can't remember. I had two of them, so they all kind of blended together. But uh, yeah, I got a four track recorder and I started uh, recording actually in my apartment on campus at Pepperdine, and uh, just adapted the name, uh, you know, Lawson into Lawson Studios, and started recording that way, recording uh, song demos and some of my original compositions that I had to do for my major, etc. This was long before there was recording software, so uh, I had a little four track. Uh, cassette recorder uh, that was a um, made by Akai. It was a really nice one. It sounded great, and still have it. In fact, it's like a it's like an old trophy sitting in the in the yeah. control room now. Yeah. So when you came to Nashville, you had this little studio in your apartment by the airport. I remember you saying. Yep. And um, pretty soon, um, you found yourself uh, doing something else besides recording music. That you never thought you'd be doing. Yeah, yeah. Um, well, there's two things. One, teaching. Uh, I taught a lot, and it seemed to come real natural. And uh, and the other was leading worship. Um, so both of those. And what's funny is, is both of those things grew to be much larger than I ever ever dreamed of. Uh, so was, again, I felt called to a region. Little did I know why I was really going to that region. I thought I was going for purpose A, but it ended up being more purpose uh, C and D. <laughs> okay, uh, I certainly identify with that. Um, when you got here and you started uh, recording people, uh, 
did the business take off quickly, or how did that work? You know, the best thing I could say is steadily. It always, I think the best way I could put it is God's always provided. Um, even, even when uh, larger bands would come in and maybe I wouldn't have the equipment that I needed for that, it would work out that the payment from the, the job would pay for the equipment. So it would just be constantly break-evens, but ended up building a business um, year after year to where it's grown into. Now we're a full-fledged you know, pro recording facility and have a great, great team of people over at Cedarstone now. Awesome. When you started uh, the work of building Cedarstone in 2003... Mm-hmm. Oh, the new studio. The uh-huh. new studio. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that would take seven years, is that right? Well, it did. It did because we built the facility and I, I knew that we, you know, we, we found six private acres out in Hendersonville that was just perfect uh, for, long, for long-range planning. Um, it was a horrible piece of property by anybody else's stretch of the imagination, but it was paradise for Heather and I. Um, quarter mile off the road, so we knew we'd have seclusion and um, and just a lot of possibilities. So what we were able to do with that was uh, we said we're going to build a facility that's going to be a fully functioning facility, um, but also live there. So designing the property, designing the house to where clients could come uh, in and out, have complete uh, privacy like they needed, and at the same time us also have uh, a section uh, where we would would be our home, would be what we live in. So that took some time to build. It took us 18 months to build that. Once we built that section, um, I actually operated out of our garage. So whenever a quote garage band was coming in, and uh, <laughs> I was actually recording the garage, so I had all my high end gear actually set up uh, in in uh, two bays of the garage and ran a heating pipe in there. And we ran out of that for four years, where I continued to teach and build the business um, while. Uh, while we were building the bigger facility um, there in the house. Well, I say in the house, but under the house. Right, right, right. And so you've been operating out of that for about the past five years, give or take. Um, Yeah, the new part. Mm -hmm. Yeah, the finished finished facility. Yeah, the the finished part. Mm -hmm. And folks, I've been down there. uh, There are pictures of this on your website, right? Sure, yeah. Uh Yeah, Yeah. incredible, incredible looking place. and I don't really speak as somebody that knows, but just somebody that knows incredible when he sees it. Um, now, thank you. Uh, well, thank uh, yeah, you. Uh, holy cow. Um, with uh, with Cedarstone, it's a recording studio, um, and it's also a, a music school. Suppose I want to uh, I want to learn how to play the French horn. Mm-hmm. C- can I do that at Cedarstone? You bet. Yeah, we'll make it happen. Uh, what's different about Cedarstone? You know, our core mission is that we empower people to maximize their musical potential. And we do that from a professional standpoint. All of my teachers are touring musicians, recording musicians, in the field, making it happen on a regular basis. So they know what they're talking about. Um, it's, not, uh, it's not just mere book work or your typical lessons that you get someplace else. Not to mention you're learning in a really cool recording facility. Yeah. Um, so we have access to um, a, a wide variety of session players and people who understand music from practical application um, that uh, that we're all able to uh, empower people to uh, maximize their potential from a from a very practical real world experience. In your years as a music teacher, have you seen some of your students go from knowing nothing to becoming professional musicians? You know, actually, I have. Um, you know, a Britain Newbill is. Uh, I started teaching Britain guitar um, when he was twelve over in uh, in East Nashville. 
whenever the studio was um, when, when we were in East Nashville, and um, and it was just it was I still go back you know it just seems like yesterday in some ways but that was actually 18 years ago now, and um, you know Britton's done done a great job. Uh, uh, he's had a number of number of songs cut. I remember his first cut was with John Legend uh, in his. I think when he was about 23 or something like that, when he got his first cut with them, and then of course signed with Bug Music, um, and has been uh, been out there in L.A. doing his thing, you know. And then of course all of his recent cuts with uh, with Johnny Swim, um, you know he's doing a great job. I'm very very proud of Britton and the successes that that he's made. But I remember when he was 12, it was just like I, watching young songwriters, and I, I've seen it for decades now, so I know what it's like. They they're they're saying things and, and uh, expressing lyrics that they that they don't even know what they mean. Uh, they're coming up faster than they can catch them. Um, it's just a free form of verse and melody and and chord and and it's some of it's just genius. And you go, oh, let's do that again. And they say, do what? Oh, oh wait, well that part right there. I love that part that you just did. And they say, what what happened? That's completely coming from the subconscious. Uh, and uh, I've had the honor of teaching a lot of students like that. And uh, and what we do there is learn how to catch this creativity. It's um, it's it's like catching butterflies. Uh, without a net, it's difficult. Uh, yeah. And so for um, my creative songwriting lessons, um, we are empowering our students with butterfly nets. Basically, <laughs> it's like how do you how do you capture this free flow of beauty? Yeah. And um, and we have some great practical methods that that work and we're seeing kids now being able to actually capture their creativity, quantify their creativity, and then they're learning in a recording studio where it can flip right, literally, literally flip right around and uh, power up Pro Tools and, uh, and capture it. That's incredible. What am I not asking that you are on the edge of your seat ready to uh, tell my listeners, uh, you know, here I bring back the poetry. Um, we're really excited about this idea of, 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 of course, creativity. Um, what is it that uh, you want my listeners to know? Well, you, you know, I'm a huge fan of seeing people empowered. Uh, that's my life calling. I know I'm on this planet. Uh, it took me about 42, 43 years to figure out why I'm here, but I know that's why I'm here. I'm here to empower people to maximize who God made them to be. So, you know, like Jason, whenever I see you giving what God's placed inside you, I am highly encouraged. I love that. I love seeing you in your sweet spot whenever you're up on stage and you're just going. And nobody can do it quite like you can and with your rhyme and your meter. And I, those are like highlights for me. Those, that's what stacks chills up my back. Um, uh, and, and in the same way, like I mentioned, Britain, you know, whenever I watch Britain doing his thing, I feel that same. Uh, I get that fabulous experience hundreds of times um, well, when I'm watching somebody perhaps at, uh, you know, at community church uh, where I've been able to be the MD for a while, music director, and be able to see um, people maximize their singing potential and give a gift, or students uh, when they're maximizing their potential. And, they're, and they may be just eight, but when I see what they're doing at eight, um, it's truly at the top of their game. I'm thrilled. So those type of things I'm always very, very excited about. Um, I've got a young student right now who's seven that we've just discovered three months ago, or two months ago that he has um, 
a high, high level of uh, gifting with a complete perfect pitch. And um, it's just an honor uh, to work with him. Uh, and we're, we're capturing his lessons actually on, on, on uh, HD film now so that uh, we can put together a full, full study on, on who, how his mind is wow. working. Uh, you know, I'm excited. Uh, I'm excited about that. Um, when you ask about what's coming up, there's so many things. Uh, Cedarstone is really rolling out a lot right now uh, over the next uh, over the next six to twelve months. Um, we've just added our our uh, another teacher. We've added so we're teaching with five five teachers strong now um, that can that, and they're, that are there regularly. So lessons are are, are growing. Uh, recording projects are coming in. Our, our newest engineers. A five-time Grammy Award-winning uh, Steve Beischer, and um, so he's he's over there as our main engineer now, doing remarkable work uh, on the recording side. Uh, we're in the process of building an outdoor amphitheater, uh, which you may have seen on Facebook. Some of those pics, but yeah. the venue's um, just really unique. Um, I had an epiphany recently. Whenever I uh, I know that I've been called here, like I say, to Earth to. Uh, my job on earth is to empower people uh, to be 100% of who God made them to be. And I had that same realization. It was a self-realization uh, sometime this year whenever uh, God was kind of smiling, reminding me that he wants me to do the same. Mm. So we're looking for, rather than how can we go someplace else and build something else, how can we maximize our current potential right here uh, at Cedarstone? And so uh, you know, I looked out the window and I saw that that beautiful valley that we sit on the precipice of, and uh, I can see hundreds <laughs> and hundreds of people out there on the grass, uh, like we tried, and we did that last year. Um, it was awesome. Uh, so we had our we had our first uh, first uh, event, and uh, we had a lot of success uh, yes. with that. Um, it was just a, a very unique vibe. Uh, to sit out uh, on this hill, so grassy knoll, and um, look back on the hillside across where the stage is, and as the sun went down, feel a cool breeze coming through, you know, on a beautiful summer night, and uh, looking at the stars, listening to live music, and so we got a lot more of that coming up with some really fun acts that are going to be here this summer. So we've uh, we're throwing around different names right now. It's Rock and the Holler, and uh, we'll see how that holler meaning. Rock and the Holler. That's right, the Holler. So uh, out there at Lawson, <laughs> Lawson Holler. <laughs> but uh, so we're excited about that and just seeing again for seeing all these different ways that we are, um, uh, that's just going to unleash more opportunities for people to uh, be 100% who God made them to be. From We want our teachers to be teaching 100% of who they are. We want our students to have the same, obviously, to have the same experience. We want to help them. Uh, be that. We want the artists that we produce uh, to be 100% of who God made them to be. Uh, our producers, uh, our teachers, everyone. Uh, that's that's our goal. Even our interns who are working hard over there right now. Mm. Well, thank you so much. Yeah, you bet. Thank you. Folks, you heard it from the man himself. What's, what's your title, dude? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, on the business card it says uh, CEO. But Chief Executive Officer Kevin Lawson in Bring Back the Poetry. This is awesome. Thank you so much, Kevin. You bet. Thank you, Jason. We'll see you guys. Thanks a lot.